0: Hey everyone, and welcome to DCI. I'm your host, Jonathan Miley, and this is episode number 148. In DCI, we do long-form interviews with game developers. Joining me today, as always, is Brian Tyler. And this week, we are talking to Scott kingdom about his first game glyphs apprentice glyphs is a puzzle game where you use uh, various different apertures and tools to create different patterns of magic in order to solve the uh the puzzles uh sounds really interesting and uh you can find out more info in the show notes to this episode as always thank you so much for listening now on with the show Scott, Welcome to the Darkcast. Thank you so much for uh sitting down with us uh this evening and talking about Glyph's Apprentice. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So we're we're here to uh to talk about uh Glyph's Apprentice, but before we get into that, let's talk a little bit about you and kind of uh what you do at Inspire Games and kind of how you you got to where you are.
1: So yeah, I'm uh the um, owner and developer and designer and website programmer and website designer for the company. I'm the only person. I was going to so, say, are you either are either you have also the janitorial large large staff? Yeah, yeah, janitorial <laughs> staff and you know coffee go getter and. <laughs> um, I've had a little bit of help with um, some of the more technical aspects of the programming from. Um, my stepfather, who's also a programmer, but uh he's in the e commerce world, but hmm. he's helped for some of this but that's, mostly
0: it's yeah. just me that that that's kind of cool um kind of reaching across family like that we uh we've you know talked to people that you know their spouse uh kind of works with the you know in the video game industry with them or they've got like a brother or something like that uh but stepfather that's that's Do you have cool. to
2: Did you have to lie to him and tell him that it was like a stock checker that he was looking in on, or or were you honest about it being a game?
1: I I was honest. It's a game. He knew. (laughs) Nice. So, yeah, and then um, I was a website developer for a number of years, and then I decided I had had my fill of website design, and I wanted to be more creative, and I've always been looking for ways of uh, combining my love of storytelling with my love of technology, and I thought, well, video games are a good, a good way to combine those two things. And it was, it was a pretty good time to start getting into video games. They're, you know, the indie scene is exploding, and with that, I might as well try. Absolutely, absolutely.
0: So, is uh, is this, um, glyphs your your first? Uh, project or
1: yep it's my very first game
0: fantastic fantastic so uh you mentioned that you know you've uh, done website design is that uh, is that what you went to school for or self taught or kind of how did you how did you get the tool set that you currently have to to make games
1: yeah, actually, I am entirely self taught both with the website design and the website programming and also learning how to program video games i I do everything basically on my own. I just have a passion for learning. So I just use that and get all the skills that I need.
0: Cool. What, um, kind of, how did you go about that? Um, cause I mean, there's, you know, there, there's the obvious path of kind of, you know, going to school and being taught by, you know, people in front of a classroom or whatever. But, uh, what, what kind of stuff did you seek out to, you know, teach this kind of stuff to yourself?
1: Um, basically, I just read a lot of articles online. Sometimes I'll buy books, um, but uh, most of it is just reading online nowadays. There's so many tutorials online that you can learn, you know, ninety percent of what you need from online stuff. And then it's just a lot of coding, little test cases, and trying little experiments, and trying little ideas, seeing if you can make this work, make that work, and then start combining it all together and Bigger
0: and bigger game. Nice. So did you have um kind of test projects that you, you gave yourself or has this kind of been a spectrum of like beginning to, to learn how to make video games and it kind of ended up being Glyph's Apprentice? Or was there a particular time where you're like, Okay, I feel confident it's time to like make the, the first like real game that other people will play?
1: Yeah, it was sort of um when I first started playing or when I first started um Programming video games and trying to figure all this out, I actually built my own uh, version of Tetris and um, it wasn't didn't look very good, but I just wanted to see how you know it all worked um, and then I started to build another game which ended up being quite big and then I stopped development of that and looked around for something you know that was smaller and, and easier to make and I came across. Um, the glyphs, the glyphs apprentice idea, which was, is uh, based off of um, another game called Codex and another game called Space Cam, which is made by uh, Zach Barth of Zachtronics, um, and so I really liked those two games. So I decided to go <laughs> and make glyphs sort of the the next evolution of that idea and. Just keep it small, keep it focused, keep it tight, and not push things too much. Because as I said, it's just my first game. But then there was always going to be a second version where Glyphs uh, Two would basically be a much bigger puzzle game.
0: Hmm. Okay. That is that is cool. Actually, uh, um, when I was kind of looking at stuff before the the podcast, I, I saw the mention. Of uh, Space Kim and, and Zaktronics and I was like, that name sounds so familiar. And I realized that he actually uh, produced a podcast for a while. It was only like four episodes, uh, oh. but there's some pretty interesting conversations that he has um, there with you know other developers um, <clears throat> ab- about some stuff. It's uh, some, some pretty interesting stuff. Uh, I never actually played Space Kim though. So for for somebody that doesn't have that as a uh, kind of I guess foothold or mental image, um, What, like, what is Glyph's Apprentice? So it's a game
1: where you have to uh, give instructions to various tools to get those tools to build what I'm just calling an, an energy pattern. And that energy pattern then has to match an energy pattern at the top of the screen. And then you place that energy pattern that you build on top of that, that pattern, and, uh, and you do that eight times, and you've solved the puzzle. So because you can't create the energy pattern directly, you have to give these tools, these instructions. It requires you to use your, your creativity and your, the logical side of your brain and to really think about how are you going to get these tools to do what you want them to do.
0: So it it sounds like in a weird way you're almost kind of doing like abstract coding.
2: That... Yep. Yep. Okay. Exactly. It's the right. it's and sort of the answer like... is you just you just hit it with the, you just hit the magic with a hammer, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Just keep yeah, slamming yeah. into it, it until
2: it's done. That's, that's you, how you, magic works. You mash
1: your forehead against the keyboard several I, times. And... Uh, you
2: know what? Listen, I've I've played games <laughs> like that. That's fine. There's nothing yeah. wrong with a little like like face keyboard roll. That's right. Yep. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Uh, what's what's the uh the old piano tune that you can like play with your your knuckles? You just do that on the keyboard a couple times. Oh, right. Yes. <laughs> so uh so what so what kind of tools do you have at your disposal to uh kind of make uh these elaborate magic pat- patterns? Um and also actually wait, before we get into that, what's what's the story of this? So we, we've got magic, we're creating magic. How does that all actually fit in where where's the game taking place is this in like the wizard's mind is it in the wizard's staff is it part of a book like what how how does I sort, that, of
1: where... felt, I sort of felt like this is a an apprentice wizard and they're trying to learn you know magic and and i sort of had this idea of like um you're trying to build these magical glyphs which are just sort of symbols that represent a spell and um, the wizard would be just working on like some sort of table, you know, a magic table or something like that, and trying to convince these little magical tools to to build the the spell that he that they're looking for. Hmm.
0: So you use the word "convince" there, and now I'm kind of thinking it's like tiny little people that you have to convince. <laughs> Is there any point in time where the magical tools will just be like, no? I don't want to do that.
1: <laughs> no, they will always follow their instructions. Always. <laughs> but they're they're they will only just like programming code, they will only follow those instructions. So if you do something really dumb, they will just keep doing that dumb thing over and over, and over again.
0: <laughs> nice. Okay, so so back to the, the question that started the the weird one about the tools being people um, <laughs> what tools do you actually have at your disposal and kind of what's what's the process of making these magic patterns and glyphs
1: so you have um, these arm tools that that's where you give the instructions is uh, um, to the arm tools themselves so they're the, the most important tool in the game and um those arm tools will grab sort of you know what I'm calling raw energy, raw, magical energy that hasn't been shaped yet, and move that energy around to other arms and other tools, and um, the other arms will be moving that, you know, that energy pattern around as well. other tools like tools that I'm calling transmuters and shapers and binders will all do various things to change and shape that that raw magical energy into a
2: particular pattern. Now, do you know what the pattern you're aiming for is with each one? Is there like a, uh, is it like, okay, in this one you're trying to get this stuff from here to here? Um, or is it more kind of like loose, like, hey, you just need to collect like these four things in one spot?
1: No, it. you'll see at the top of the screen there's the pattern that you're supposed to make. And then down below, you automatically get a generator tool, which just generates raw magical energy, and that's it. And then from there, you have to plan out how are you going to create that pattern that is shown at the top. And so you have to then start playing, you know, putting down um, the magical arm tools and the other transmuter tools and shaper tools and all that to get the energy pattern that you create to match exactly the energy pattern that...
0: The level is looking for. Okay. So in in the game, it uh, looks like there's several different difficulties and and things that you'll be kind of progressing through. Uh, th- this already sounds complicated. <laughs> yeah. How how do you go about making you know kind of easier ones that uh you know don't require that much brain power, but then also how do you How do you make them not so difficult that, you know, you see it and you just want to be like, I'm going to go do something else. I'm scared. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Basically, when it comes to the easy
1: ones, it just tends to be a smaller pattern, a big complex, like a a harder pattern would be much bigger, much more complex. You have to change the raw magical energy more. Um, And I just try to ramp it up. And basically... I just let the player decide when you know they're done with the game and they don't want to play anymore. I mean, a lot of people who played Codex and Space Cam never finished the games because they just got so ridiculously hard.
0: Mm.
1: So these aren't games that you know you're, you're you're really expected to go and finish. These are games where you just push as hard as you 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 want, and then when you're tired of it, you move on
0: that's that's such a different kind of philosophy and i guess approach to a game than you see, especially with a lot of triple a stuff uh but you know indie games too, where you know it's like these things that are designed to be seen all the way through mm-hmm. how uh you you mentioned kind of doing a, a bigger project uh before is is that also a puzzle game or is that a yeah, so the, game? The, n-
1: the next version of a glyphs will be uh, bigger. It'll offer, offer bigger puzzles, more tools. Okay. So, yeah.
0: Well, I, I was just wondering if, if there was kind of a, a switch in your, your thinking uh, from the, the first project to this, or if you've had to... I don't know, if you've had any challenges with kind of designing the game that way, because, I don't know, That's I, it's just different. I don't even know if that question makes sense. Um, no,
1: I, I think I know what you mean. But, yeah, like, for me, the philosophy with these kinds of games is that it's for people who really want to, um, who, who like to figure out problems and solve problems, and they want to optimize solutions to problems, and they just want to keep working doggedly at this until they get a solution and that they really like, that they're really happy with, and it's as efficient as it can possibly be. This is not for your average, you know, person. Um, A lot of people will then point out, well, then there's got to be an enormous, like an extremely small number of people who would play this game, but Space Cam is rumored to have made, I don't know, well over $10 million. Oh, wow. So there's a lot of people out there who want to play these games. Well,
0: well, I mean, a small percentage of 7 billion people is still... A pretty large number. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I mean, exactly. not only that, but
2: I mean, if you look at the amount of people who just like, like, especially these days, like to challenge themselves with like stuff yeah. like the Souls games mm-hmm. and like you know the Witness and things like that that are specifically made that way. I mean, it's not, it's not a bad bet to take. No, exactly. Yeah, yeah.
1: and I've always wanted to challenge, you know, what people think of uh, a, a game, and and not just follow. The same old, same old, you know. And, and I wanted i have always wanted to push things and try to be as innovative as possible.
0: Sure. So, how does this? Uh, you mentioned that this is, uh, in some ways, kind of a, a spiritual successor—the the next step in the style of game of something like Space Kim. Um, how how does this continue? Kind of what that game did, and, and Codex as well. Um, and also, how does it how does it build on and improve and, and do that next thing? So um, one of the things
1: that I really wanted to do was um, I wanted to make... Because um, this ge- Glyphs is more like uh, Codex than space Spacechem. And so what I wanted to do with Glyphs is make it so that it was more uh, flexible for the player. The player had more options. Um, so I made the tools a little uh, more flexible in, in the way that you use them. Um, I also... Wanted to make the 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 thing that you're trying to build, which in glyphs is that energy pattern. I wanted to make it so that you could do all sorts of things with it as the designer. I mean, you know, me as a designer, I wanted to make it so that you could get really big patterns, really complex patterns, and really push what you can do with these kinds of games. And then mm-hmm. things like um, how it's similar. I mean. It's similar in that there are the, the concept of binding things together and the ARM tools giving them instructions. That sort of ties in with the old uh, Codex game.
0: Okay.
2: Very cool. Uh, uh, do do the, the, the ARM tools themselves, are you actually programming them to do things, or does each tool have a specific task that it does? You program
1: them with a certain set of instructions. There's a certain number of instructions that you can get and then you have access to all those instructions and you can give any number, any you know, sorry, any combination of um those instructions to any of the ARM tools.
0: Hmm. So how do how do you actually go about giving those instructions and, and whatnot? Is it just like a drop down menu of like this is what this does or
1: You'd, you'd select uh, an arm tool, then you hit a programming or instruction button, and then you'd see all the instructions at the bottom of the screen. You can just start clicking on them, and then there's um, you can you know edit them. You can select where in the instruction list you want to start editing, and then you can start ins- inserting new instructions in the middle of the list. You know, so you have some editing tools. It's sort of like a, um, a very simple, you know. IDE for programmers, Integrated Development Environment for programmers. It's a very simple one. But it's okay. you know, it's really easy to use. A lot of the people who have played it so far, who I've talked to, have all said that they can understand it visually right off the bat. They understand how it works. So, yeah.
0: Okay. Very cool. Um, now, just kind of talking about the game, this this sounds more like something that I would do on, like, my phone while, you know, in a doctor's office or something and oh. instead of sitting at my computer is there any idea to like try to put it on mobile or is this something that you could do on mobile because I, I don't know well That's, that just seems like it might work
1: yeah uh funny you should ask mm-hmm. i basically have i've already put glyphs up on google play and nobody cared <laughs> <laughs> so, basically, and you you look at SpaceCam. I mean, SpaceCam has fair enough. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah, a, a million you million people have bought SpaceCam, but on Google Play it sold, I think, a few thousand. So it's one of those things where it would be. I always thought it would be great to put up sure. on yeah. Google Play in mobile, and it does work on mobile. Um, but even now, it works on mobile, but. Unfortunately, I think a lot of people on, you know, Google Play and, and iTunes, they're looking for casual games. Nothing wrong with that, but, you know, just they're looking for casual games, and this is not a casual game. <laughs> that's my only theory as to why nobody cares about these kinds of games.
0: <laughs> I gotcha. I gotcha. Or, or we're just weird thinking that that's yeah. a good idea, and everybody else is just like, no, that's not a good idea. That's <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh. oh nice all right well that's, that's interesting now um just as a, just as a curiosity uh in in the steam page uh you, you give a warning about this game um possibly you know giving you uh making you buy excessive whiteboards uh becoming dehydrated um <laughs> i I was actually really uh intrigued by the uh This puzzle game can bring more satisfaction to your sex life, but also it may make you wonder where your significant other is. And I was wondering kind of how those two um, go together.
1: (laughs) That was basically an extended (laughs) joke trying to say that you might get addicted to this game. (laughs) A lot of the people who play these kind of games are the kind of people who get obsessed about a particular part of video games, you know, trying to solve this one problem, you know? And so it's an extended joke trying to say that, yeah, you, you might get it (laughs) obsessed.
0: Have you had anybody submit any uh, complaints about it interfering with their sex life? Just, you know, no, no, no one yet. That's good. uh...
1: I'll know though. I, I have succeeded in my, in my, Desires to make a good game. When I start getting those kind of complaints,
0: <laughs> you, you you pin that tweet at the the top of your page. Oh yeah, you oh yeah, there. So yep. uh... <laughs> uh, Nice. Well, how many? Um, you mentioned that yeah, you know, it's not necessarily meant for everybody to go through everything, but to kind of enjoy it as much as uh, as they see fit. How many different kind of puzzles though are there? Uh, for you to go through and and kind of so, craft.
1: So there's uh 76 levels, okay. uh, which is, uh about 66 are all part of the open. They're out in the open. See the levels, and 10 of them are hidden levels
2: that so will be revealed to you as you play the game. When when you say stuff like out in the open. Um is this something where you are where part of your time is spent like kind of exploring something or is this more like this is in a book and and no, you're no, just you're kind of picking them from a list.
1: No, no, this is just out in the interface itself. you can see okay. all of them right there, but ten of them will be secret levels that will be revealed to you as you you go through and you can find them. It's fairly easy, but yeah and those are the hardest levels. those last ten are insane insanely.
2: How, how you have you... to actually, like, perform real magic in order to be them. <laughs> <laughs>
1: exactly. Yeah, get out your voodoo spells. <laughs>
0: <laughs> how how do you go about playtesting? Um, getting stuff that difficult, but, you know, still doable. Um,
1: I... Basically, when it comes to playtesting how hard it is, I will make sure that at least I can play it, or at least I can get... Most of the way there, because if I can get most of the way there, then there's people out there who can probably play this game better than me, so they'll be able to go all the way. You know, if I can get 80% done, but I'm just running out of room, or just don't have the light, then I've made the assumption that eh, I think people out there who are way better at this can do a better job and and make it go all the way. So far, I haven't even gotten to any of those levels. Like, I've always been able to solve.
0: All right. That uh, that those are probably true words to live by. It's just there's always somebody on the internet better at it than you. Um, that's uh, so. That's, that's probably yeah, that's like a that's sunshine. that's a proven fact by now. Yeah. That's, yeah like, if if they <laughs> haven't found you yet, the
2: moment you it come out and say, "Oh, I'm right, pretty right, good so at this," they will find, the right, you, find right, you then. Right, yes. Exactly.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: Uh, <laughs> so you should, uh, you know, in promoting the game, just talk about how you're the the best player. Just create like That's... a fake Twitter account and just be like, "I'm the best at this. Nobody can beat me." And then just they'll, those people will just come out of the woodwork. <laughs> That's all... <laughs> true. I should, I should probably do that. Yes, <laughs> you cannot beat me at all. So come on, challenge me. <laughs> tempt tempt the internet gods and that's all right and reap the rewards <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh
0: nice what um i feel like this would be very much of like a, a mouse and keyboard setup would it be possible with a, a controller or would you want to try putting it on other platforms Uh, Besides mobile, since we already talked about that not being a good idea.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, If it was on the consoles, it would be very hard for me to port it over there. But if you could do it, then I think the interface would be probably a little clunky because there's a lot of button pushing, and it's like, how do you do that with a controller? It can get a little hard. But other than that, it would run... And that would be
0: the only concern that I would have Is it just be a little clunky Sure, or or you'd have to Adopt the fake, like, cursor That you use with the, that you control With just the the thumbstick That I don't know yeah. why so many games have started Using that, it's a terrible idea That's, it, that, I don't like if, if the, like, a mouse is great For selecting things like that don't make me use the thumbstick as a fake mouse. That's it's yeah. a bad idea. It's <laughs> oh yeah.
1: It's like, you're always overshooting and or undershooting. Mean, it's just a mess. Yeah. I don't,
0: I don't know. I think I, w- I want to blame destiny. I feel like they were the first ones that had that menu style where you're kind of moving the cursor around with the thumbstick. And it's uh, like, this is no, no, it's, it's, yeah. no, just don't. <laughs> no, please. Anything but that. Um, <laughs> uh, But that—that's neither here nor there.
2: (laughs) That's—it's not that bad. Come on.
0: That's—that's your opinion, Brian.
2: And Destiny was very Destiny. I mean, it was implemented well. At least it looked pretty. You know, those those the ones that you you know like the that kind of interface. I mean, it wasn't—it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. It
0: was—it's fine. It's fine. There's just no reason to do that. That's why. Why can't you just? you know, have, when you move the thumbstick, it just automatically goes between the selectable items, like every other game. It's, a <laughs> it's not a feature.
2: <laughs> it's an a future. I mean,
0: it, it was a feature, oh, the but it's a <laughs> oh, the future. Thought, the future. I thought you said it's a feature. It's like, yeah, no. hey, well, you know, it I is mean, now. Technically, yeah, you could say that, but that's... that's but, yeah, I it's a that's not the future. That's not the future. That's,
2: that's, that's a, it's back in the box. That's <laughs> <laughs> Tagline. Yeah, totally back of the box. Tag yeah. of the game. Move your cursor around this UI like a mouse. <laughs> it's right next to the little box that says like one player or online. It's not,
1: it's not using like an accelerometer or tilting. Yeah, way. it's not forcing you. Exactly. It's
2: not forcing you to That's... do it with the, the magic of the six-axis <laughs> controller.
0: Yeah, that is exactly. that is true. <laughs> Balance Nathan Drake on a log. That That's I don't know if right. thought that was a good idea. Oh yeah, yeah, that's that's true. That's true. Thank God. That's thank God. That's over. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, you know, the the game's been out for a bit. You mentioned wanting to do uh, you know Glyph Two, um, how and that it would be you know bigger. Is that mm-hmm. just more complex puzzles and and kind of crazier stuff than that, or is yeah, is there it. something else in there? um i don 't know something wildly different that you you want to do with glyphs too
1: yeah I, it's definitely bigger puzzles, and also um it's as I said, it's more tools, so you'll be able to do more to have more flexibility um, so that's sort of where i 'm aiming it's right now in very, very early development I'm just uh more working out the details of the design than anything else. And I'm just sort of also waiting to see how Glyphs does and what people like and what they don't like, so I can sort of and you know, I can take that uh, feedback that they give me and put it into the, the next version to make it better.
0: Sure. Yeah. Sure. That's that's always good. Yeah. So with this
2: one is, as Glyphs uh, Apprentice, um, when Glyphs does get better in like Bunny Rabbit quotes, um, will the next one follow like a a logical, like, uh, apprentice, master, yeah, grandmaster, really. archmage.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, like, I'm thinking of, yeah, it'd be, like, you know, Glyph's Mystic or something like that, you know? And you'll, so you'll be, you know, taking the next step. But generally, the story for this is going to be, you know, not very well worked out, because this is just a puzzle game, and story isn't as important for puzzle games in general. Um, so... I'm not really pushing the story too much on on this game. I have other game ideas that I would like to make in the future that have way more of a story. This is just where I started, just to get something out the door, something easy to do, you know, get something under my belt.
0: Sure. What was the um, what was kind of the turnaround time on starting glyphs and uh, and getting it out the door?
1: Uh, it was uh, six months to do the core game, and then. It took, um, over six months to just do the tutorial because I wanted to make sure that the tutorial was as good as I could make it so that, you know, because it's, as you said, it's a very hard game to understand. So there's three different ways that you can choose, uh, to go and do the tutorial. You can, there's videos you can watch. There's a step-by-step guide. And then there's also just exploring the help file and, um, and just looking through it and exploring the game that way and just learning on your own basically at your own pace. So there's three different ways for three different you know types of of people out there and I just hope that you know enough people can understand how to get past this hurdle because once you learn how to play the game the game becomes a lot easier to understand what you're supposed to do it's just the initial hurdle is
0: quite steep. Sure. So how do I mean I assume you um, you know, had people play it, figured out where the uh, kind of, um, I guess the, those hurdles were, where the the struggling points were uh, mm-hmm. in playing the game. But how how did you go about addressing those with the tutorial and trying to to teach people better?
1: Well, I actually got uh, various people who I know to play the game, and I would just quietly watch them, and I would tell them specifically, I'm not going to help you. And don't worry about getting stuck if you get stuck, that's my fault. That's not your fault. So I just looked at the places where they would get stuck and then make a mental note to fix that in the next you know the next build and um just kept getting friends and family to play the game, and as I said, just quietly watch them and see where they get stuck.
2: That when they got stuck, of- was part of you silently like, "No, this one really is your fault
1: <laughs> um I tend not to like to blame the player. I tend to more think that the developer should try to always get a game where people don't get stuck, you know, to make it as simple as possible so they know where to go.
2: So, yeah. That is is, is totally fair. But, like, uh, as with the internet always having somebody better, um, there is always that person that has troubles, like, hitting the start button on the first screen. Yeah. So eventually, yeah, I mean, you run into somebody, you're just like, listen, man, look, there's a, there's a Mario game that you could go yeah, like right
1: now. Exactly, exactly. I mean, I would say those kind of people would would take one look at my game and just run. So I don't think I have to worry too much about those kind of people. I mean, there's nothing about this game that says, this is easy. You'll pick it up in five seconds or less. You know, this this game is all about really wanting a challenge. You know, that's that's what this is for, is people who really like a challenge and really like figuring things out.
0: Okay. What is the, um, time-wise, uh, in kind of the, the playtesting, what, what seemed to be kind of the normal learning curve of kind of getting it? Uh, obviously, you're not getting it in five seconds, but what, how long... Uh, did it usually seem to take people to kind of grasp the mechanics and go okay I got this I I can do this
1: right Um, I'd say that because of the way I made this the tutorial people tended to gravitate more towards the step by step and just following all the steps and figuring out from there what I was trying to get them to do but then there's about 10 different tutorial levels of which About half of them are just practice levels. It's like, I've taught you one thing. Now you're going to practice that one thing on your own, you know? So to follow through all of that, I think, takes about an hour or so to go through that, of which half of that is probably uh, just practice. Hmm. So it might be a half hour. But you're playing the game. You're not actually, it's not just reading and that's it you are playing the game while it's directing you step by step
0: Hmm. sure interesting interesting that is that that also just kind of you know goes against kind of the that normal or not normal but uh, mainstream idea of like you need to get this now you need to get it quick and in in 30 seconds you are a master at the game you you have to be in there and doing stuff that's I guess you know niche is is the proper word there, but it's uh, it's just kind of nice. Uh...
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, this is a totally different design philosophy than um, most, if not all, of your AAA games. These are these are the kind of games that you really uh, want a challenge to play, and you really want to really think. You really want to think and use your creativity. So yeah, it's a totally different. And I sort of like these kind of games. Like, I I really like games that push you and get you to, to think on your own.
0: Indeed. Indeed. Well, Brian, do you have any other uh, questions before we go into the end game?
2: No, I think we're uh, we're, we're good to go to the end game. Um, so we'd like to end with a little bit of a questionnaire. Um, one that will, uh, you know, kind of focus less on the game and uh, the... Uh, the studio and you know that stuff and more on on you and kind of your likes and dislikes with gaming. Um, so the very first thing uh, we like to ask, where we like to start with this, is um, who is your favorite um, video game protagonist? Who's your favorite uh, your favorite good guy or, or antihero?
1: Um, I have always liked Garrett of Thief, the and the mm. Thief One and Thief Two. He was just an awesome character. I really liked Garrett. So and then good if, I, if I can't choose him, then it would definitely, the second best would be, uh, I forget the guy's name, but he's from, um oh, what's it called? I'm totally blanking. Oh. Uh, I will have to get back to you on that.
2: I, I just <laughs> love that character. <laughs> that's right. One is perfect. One is absolutely right. fine. Um and Garrett's, a, Garrett's a good choice. Yes. Um, question number two we like to flip the coin on this one and I think this is a little bit of a, a more interesting question is who's your favorite bad guy who's your favorite antagonist favorite bad guy wow um,
1: uh, I I don't know um yeah I don't thing is, I never really think too much of the bad guys.
0: Uh... It's yeah, there's I a think... lot of really not good ones. That's... Yeah, I, <laughs> that's why. That's why
2: when when Wreck-It Ralph pictures the bad guys, they're always in like a they're in a meeting amongst themselves, just trying to kind of pick each other up because nobody ever thinks of the bad guy.
1: Yeah, I think. I mean, the the problem here is that to make a good bad guy, you have to tell a really good story, and this is where. A lot of games struggle because it's a medium which is hard to fit a good story into, but I still think people can do a better job. And so bad guys tend to just be there, you know? <laughs> They're just something to aim at. And I think that's all right. I mean, I still like a lot of you know, video games, but I just think that people could... I think developers can do a better job with bad guys
0: fair critique. I agree. So the video game industry is your favorite bad guy and they need to step <laughs> up and do better get bad guys. That's...
1: You know, that's actually a really good <laughs> way of putting it, actually. <laughs> yes, I like that description. <laughs>
0: Alright. I don't think I'm supposed to answer these for our guests, but uh, there, there we go. <laughs> so uh, so speaking of the video
2: game industry, um, we kind of like to move into question number three, which is, is there anything, any kind of trends or anything in video games today outside of, uh, uh I would say, you know, like very hard puzzle games, um, that you think, um, you know, kind of video games should kind of look, look closer at and, and do more of?
1: Yeah, I sort of, I, I wish that the triple A game market would be. But have more desire to make games that aren't quite so generic in general. Um, so they're willing to push the bounds and take risks more. I know that's hard because they're spending, you know, sometimes $250 million on a game. But I, I'm willing to, to, I'm one of those people who's willing to take a little less on things like maybe graphics for a better story. Um, and, and better interfaces more you know well worked out well thought out interfaces so that it's easier to use the various tools in the game um, I'm not all that impressed with like games where you get a quest and then there you just follow the arrows
2: to the quest you know
1: I want to be able so the, to the, know, uh,
2: the 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 like call of duty like follow this dude yeah line.
1: Yeah, exactly. And here, here's, here's your next quest. This is where you just follow the arrows, and there you go. I want to be challenged. That's why I like Thief. Is that it gave you like a rudimentary map, and um, it would talk about, you know, give certain hints at where to look for extra little side quests, and then it started you on the next level, and that was it. So you had to figure out everything on your own. You had to figure out where you were, and you didn't exactly know where you were all the time, and quite often you would get lost. There were certain levels where there was hardly any map at all, and you would be completely lost. But you just have to keep pushing your way through and figuring it out and using your head. So I wish more uh, big companies, like AAA releases, would do that kind of stuff more and take more of these
0: Sure. Yeah, no, I was, um, just to kind of piggyback off that, I was I was actually thinking about that the other day, of, of, like, these giant games that we have, and you just, you know, you have an exact dot on a map of where to go. And it, it's always kind of weird because, you know, some, in the game, somebody will tell you, hey, go meet so-and-so. And they mm-hmm. won't say, go to this place and meet so-and-so. They just say, go meet so-and-so. And then automatically, like, on your map, you know exactly Where to meet them And on the one hand it would be cool To have to figure out Where to meet them But then at the same time because the game is so big You know with something like Thief And you've got like you know one level at a time That is you know Big for it's time But also relatively small Like the whole game is based around you Finding stuff It's about exploring the space that you're in So like it makes sense That you don't know exactly where to go because that's the whole game is figuring out where to go and so if i was in the witcher or you know grand theft auto and they were like hey go meet so and so and there was just this giant circle of like they're vaguely in this region like that would just suck
1: (laughs) oh yeah and i think this is where you need to get more tools for how to how do you go and explain this kind of stuff like in a fantasy game you're gonna meet you have to go in and talk to mcgregor the blacksmith Well, maybe you'd have on a town map, you could have various blacksmiths listed so you can get a sense of, okay, yeah, I need to go to one of these blacksmiths. Or you could have a system where a person says something about meeting McGregor the blacksmith or whatever at, uh, you know, this street and this street, and it makes a little note in your quest log or something like that. So you can refer back to that and say, oh, right, yeah, I'm on this quest. Go to that section of my notebook, and there will be the automatically generated this little note to remind me of the person's name and what street I'm supposed to go to, and then you can figure out where to go and how to get there yourself. So you just need more tools. Like I think um, The Witcher, you can turn off these quest markers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, literally, you are now completely lost. Like you have no idea where to go because they didn't provide any extra tools beyond the quest marker. You know, it's just sort of, you know, it's very easy and just leads you along, or it just leaves you lost, and there's no middle ground. And that's what I'm saying. I think they need to have a little more middle ground, have those times where they have those little quest logs and that automatically generate little notes for you so you
2: can be reminded of where you are in the quest. Yeah, I think if they find a good way to do it, and they find a happy... A happy medium between total, like,
0: exactly.
2: old school exploration, which, you know, honestly, like, some people just don't have time for anymore, and, uh, like, uh, you know, like, kind of a, a, and the new school, like, here, just follow the damn arrow. You'll get to it eventually. Um, exactly. Yeah, I, I, you know, like, if we could find that middle ground, if we could, if we could work around it with people and all, and kind of find a compromise, I think that would be kind of neat. Yeah, exactly.
1: Because, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, you definitely don't want to, like, let people who just want to use that quest marker you know, f- follow the arrow. For those people, you don't want to have them be abandoned. But at the same time, you know, there's so many games like that, and there's not enough where they're just challenging for those people who want to spend that extra time and say, I want to figure it out myself. And I think there's a lot to explore in that. And, you know, AAA ga- gaming companies aren't doing that enough.
0: Sure. In my opinion.
2: Yeah, I, 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 I think definitely do. Of- I think this actually covered our the next question too which is kind of where uh, you know what we'd like to see like kind of not or go away from video games so i think that was a good like
0: double coverage question
2: yeah. <laughs> right we need heavy drums after that double coverage like we got to get deep, deep in the post-process there now um yeah the double 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 question um <laughs> double answer so we now we're past the video game industry We're moving into a little bit of fantasy here. Um, If you could be... If you could choose any profession with no restrictions, is there anything you would like to try? Any profession other than video game design? Oh, you're already making video games. What else would you like to do? You want to go to space? Oh, wow. If
1: if I... If I had the brain power to do this, I would like to be something like a like a particle physicist or a quantum physicist something like that playing with the big toys and getting into sort of a the beginnings of the, you know the universe and how the universe functions and how it works that kind of stuff just blows my mind every time i hear about some experiment being done with you know quantum mechanics it just blows my mind what they're discovering and the crazy stuff that happens down at that the tiniest levels of creation. I know it's not the most exciting, but that's what I would like to do. No, no, no. That, sure. This
2: is all this is all about what you would like to do. It doesn't it, nothing. It, it doesn't all need to be explosions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next question, our penultimate question: um, If you could play any game again for the first time, what would it be? Oh, that's a good question.
1: On, any game i would i would have to say back to to thief probably thief 2 mm-hmm. that to me was the penultimate game i just loved that game yeah thief 2 and if not thief 2 then something like uh flight simulator 10 i really like that game i don't know why
2: i just did <laughs> Those are two widely different <laughs> swaths of <laughs> games.
1: Oh, yeah. I don't play one kind of genre. I like playing lots of different kinds of games. So, yeah.
2: <laughs> I, I'm, I'm down. That's awesome. I, that's, that's totally excellent and uh, the way it should be. <laughs> uh, finally, uh, we, we, to reach the end of the questionnaire, um, right. we, we, uh, we look ahead way into the future, uh, possibly a little, a little further than we're comfortable with. Um, and at the end of our lives, uh, when we come to the gates of the mushroom kingdom, um, and Toad is there to greet us with the the book of our deeds, of everything we've done, um, what would you like him to say to you before he lets you inside? Um, that I left the world
1: in a in a better state than when I came into it? I
2: think that's a good okay. way. And yes. Yeah. That's absolutely fair. Not not flashy. Not not a uh, not crazy. Trying to be crazy generous or anything. But just, you know, hey, I left it better than I got here. Yep. That's great. That is great. Well, that's thank you so much. That is the end of the end game.
0: Uh, Jonathan, uh, why don't you tell him what he's won? Well, Scott, you have won our eternal love and respect. Thank you so much for being on the show with us uh if you could send us out by letting our listeners know where they can go to find out more information about glyph's apprentice
1: uh you can go to inspired that's the my website and there will be all the information you need to get uh, in glyph's apprentice and learn how to play it
0: Fantastic. Well, thank you so much again, and uh, good luck as you, you know, listen to uh, player feedback and, uh, you know, move on to, to other bigger and more complicated things. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This has been great.